Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Let's Talk XFL, the only podcast solely focused on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host, Michael Lathrop. Hello, football fans. This is episode seven, The Great White North Debate. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk XFL. Before I get on with the show, I would like to take a moment to make a correction from the last episode. During my conversation about prematurely addressing cities and venues of Brian Roth, I mentioned the San Antonio Gunslingers were a USFL team. Although true, the nickname is currently owned by a National Arena League expansion franchise that is set to begin in 2022. The only foreseeable legal way the USFL would be able to use the Gunslingers nickname would be for one of two things to happen. First, the National Arena League side would have to cease operations, or secondly, the USFL would need to purchase the naming rights. I must admit, I'm not knowledgeable in today's arena football landscape. I haven't followed it since the days of the Arena Football League and Arena Football League 2 when I was attending Rochester Brigade games. Now that has been addressed, I will move on with today's show. Let's get started with some news. The first bit of news was broken by fellow XFL newsroom contributor Jake Henry when former XFL Senior Director of Coaching Solutions, Technology, and Video, Brad Campbell, updated his LinkedIn account. Campbell's account has XFL Senior Director of Football Technology listed as his current employer and title. His profile also includes a starting date of October 2021 and is based in Seattle, Washington. I will repeat that again. Campbell's profile states he is based in Seattle. I know I'm speculating here, but seeing Campbell is based in Seattle, does this provide evidence that the XFL is returning to Seattle for the 2023 season? Think about it for a moment. I acknowledge the work-from-home movement, but if you recall, in 2020, each of the teams had their own presidents and office staffs. This could be the beginning of securing office space. Placing league executives in team office settings could be a cost-cutting measure by eliminating the need for a league office. After all, working remote is all the rage these days, and it would make sense for a league looking to relaunch during uncertain times. As I have previously mentioned in the last episode, David Dykeman and now Brad Campbell's appointments make at least two significant hires by the league since announcing their nine executives on November 8th. I have taken some time to further research LinkedIn. However, my efforts did not turn up any additional XFL hirings. If by any chance, any of the show's listeners routinely scour the web and unearth valuable nuggets of information, reach out to the show. If you can prove your discovery, I will happily bring you on to an episode to discuss your findings. Another development worth mentioning, on December 10th, multiple tweets were posted which confirmed the XFL was present at the FCS Bowl in Daytona Beach, Florida. The official FCS Bulls Twitter account posted, and quote, NFL, CFL, and XFL scouts are heavily represented at the 2021 FCS Bowl in Daytona Beach, end quote. Also included within the post were four pitchers, and in one of those pitchers was XFL Senior Vice President of Player Personnel, Doug Wally. In addition, Valley State head coach Kevin Moritis posted, quote, First day of FCS bowl practice in the books. 
great day of meetings and putting in the work in front of NFL, CFL, XFL scouts. Game on Sunday. Hashtag FCS Bowl. End quote. There are a few takeaways from these tweets. First, the USFL are absent from this event. Secondly, these tweets just go to show the league are not wasting any time and are well at work. It is one thing to watch the game on television. It is completely a different thing to be there in person, to take in the practices and witnessing players' interactions with coach, players, staff, and even the media. Doing so provides a true sense of whether or not a player has what it takes to become a professional. Fans should rest easy knowing that although it's still 2021, the XFL are not wasting any time and are already scouting talent. Pairing these new scouting reports with those that Wally had already put together leading up to the 2020 season, it is reasonable to assume the league will be well prepared for the upcoming player combine in June. Lastly, during the Canadian Football League's Grey Cup 108 State of the League address, Commissioner Randy Ambrosi was asked about its discussions with the XFL. Ambrosi put all the speculation of a merger to rest by essentially stating the league's parted way as friends and are seeking their own pass forward. Well, why take my word for it? Here's the clip from the press conference. Scott. Randy, uh, when you entered into the discussions with the XFL a few months ago that ultimately didn't amount to anything, there was a lot of speculation amongst colleagues that, that there was discussions like fundamental changes were on the table, whether it was four downs, whether it was changing the CFL calendar to become more of a spring league, whether it was a merger. And so I'm wondering, was there interest within some of the governors to have major structural changes to the CFL? And if not, why ultimately was a decision made to keep the CFL pretty much, you know, the same fundamental league? Well, I'd start by saying that I think the conversations we had with the XFL group were very positive. You know, they're a, they're a very nice group of people and there was a real thoughtfulness to the way they, to the way they approached our discussion with them. And I'd like to say and think that we did the same on our side. And we talked about everything and we talked about what it, what it might look like if we, if we were to come together and all of those things. You know, go back to answer the question more specifically about what or what is or was or wasn't on the table and what is or isn't on the table is a group of governors today that want to grow this league that want to that have now I think we've we've really popped the cork on a on an opportunity to think differently than perhaps we have in the past to to look at all issues but not not through the lens of solutions first but through the lens of principles first. What, you know, what is it that we want to accomplish? What do we want our game to look like? How do we make our game safer for our players? What kind of changes should we, that, what type of change? So once you answer the principled questions first, you get an opportunity to think about the solutions that might follow. And I'm really happy to say that a group, we've got a group of governors that I think, frankly, are supported by the fans that want to see us do everything we can to help this game to reach its full potential. So that in part, speaks to the quality of the conversation that we had with the XFL. It wasn't it was about how do we do this? What might we do? What would it look like if we if we did this? What are all the things that we might do together? And it it's all the things you raised and, and a whole bunch more. In the end it just in the end we we agreed it just didn't feel like the right time uh at, in that moment. They wanted to get on with the business of uh, thinking about starting their season in 23. We have a league that's had a long and storied uh, history and a great future in front of us. And we decided to part company as friends. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's how uh, that's how it unfolded.
in addition to addressing the rumors of a potential merger. Ambrosi was also asked whether the Toronto Argonauts have committed to playing as a member of the Canadian Football League in 2022. His response wasn't definitive, and here is also that segment. First question is going to go to Danny Austin right up front. Uh, Randy, do you have a commitment from all nine teams to play in 2022? Well, uh, the answer is right now I've got nine teams and I've got nine governors and I've got a, I've got a plan for the 22 season. I know no reason to expect that we will have anything but a resounding success in 2022. Danny, I'm, I'm, I, you know, we, we have got one or two of our teams, as you all know, that we need to do some work on. And the reason I just spent time talking about the opportunity that's in front of us is because we think this is the time to own a CFL franchise. We think this is the time to lean in and grow the business together. And and my job is to not just share with all of you the compelling opportunity in front of the CFL, but my job is to share that compelling opportunity with all nine teams and get them excited about the future that lies ahead. Totally understand that. I just, I also think we saw the Argos pulling in less than 10,000 people to a game. So um, can, can they, can, is that a sustainable business model for them right now? Well, it also happens to be in the largest city in the country. And I can tell you that over the past many weeks, we've had lots of wonderful, very positive conversations about the opportunity in Toronto. Let me take a couple minutes and talk about that, if I may. You know, we're now talking about a strategy of reaching into the reaching into the the newer Canadian communities. I had a chance to visit with Mayor Tory uh, just a few weeks ago, and we were talking about the uh, the Southeast Asian uh, population that lives in Toronto, roughly three hundred thousand. And Mayor Tory said, Randy, there's a tremendous opportunity to reach into that community and make them feel welcome at, uh, in your league, to reach into them and, and help explain the game and the history behind the CFL. I, like, I really believe that this city and the city of Toronto, I should say, represents one of our greatest opportunities. We're going to have to do the work, and we will. I, I am personally, I am absolutely confident that Toronto is the right is is the rights is is the right city for us, for the CFL, and we're right for them? Do we Have we done all the things we needed to do yet at this point? No. Can we do them together? Can we work with MLSE to do it? Yes. MLSE was a strong advocate for some community outreach programs that will start in the new year. A real shout out to Chris Schufeld, to, you know, who is going to help us on these things. Danny, we really believe there's an opportunity in the city of Toronto and with our partners at Genius Sports to find fans, to reach out to them, and to welcome them into, into our family. Ambrosi tried to paint a picture that the Toronto Argonauts are going nowhere. What I'm hearing in his response is a hopeful person with uncertainty of what will happen for the league's 2022 season. I honestly believe the Toronto Argonauts have not decided one way or another, and it is impossible to know which way the Maple Leaf sports and entertainment ownership are leaning. There is a lot for them to consider, and there will be no guarantees either way. After all, change is never easy. No matter what they decide, change is coming. The reality is the clock is ticking, and they must make a decision soon, because the Canadian Football League offseason is now underway. What will it be? Stay in hope the new Canadian Football League's revenue sharing helps to reduce their growing eight figures and losses? Or take a leap of faith and pursue the American dream? Only time will tell. While we are on the topic, last week I posted a poll on the show's Twitter account 
to get a feel for what Canadian Football League and XFL fans thought in relation to possible involvement between the two leagues. I asked, when it comes to potential Canadian Football League involvement in the XFL, what is your preference? The poll received 187 votes. And their responses? Merger came in at 37.4%. Toronto Argonauts only at 17.1%. And none of the above at 45.5%. I'm a bit surprised by the results. I find it intriguing the majority of 54.5% of those who responded are open to some form of change between the Canadian Football League and XFL. We will have to wait and see what happens. I appreciate everyone that participated in the poll. Regardless of how each of us feel about potential mergers, these are some uncertain but exciting times for professional alternative football. There are so many different leagues and developments. Now that things are happening, we will start seeing more and more information coming out. But before we know it, the dust will be settling and a clearer picture will be upon us. This wraps up another episode. Before you go, check out our Facebook and Twitter accounts. I asked if the XFL were unable to return each of the eight coaches from 2020, who would you like to see the XFL hire for 2023? I have personally compiled a three-tier list, but I am intrigued to know what all of you think. So if you can, take a moment to respond. I hope to discuss them on the next episode. As always, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform of choice. And seeing that it's the most joyful time of the year, I hope everyone is enjoying this holiday season. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Let's Talk XFL on your platform of choice. Follow Let's Talk XFL on Facebook and Twitter at Let's Talk XFL. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to letstalkxfl at gmail.com.